Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello, welcome back. Um, another college football podcast that I haven't done since the national championship game was complete. Um, this was going to be my way too early top 25. It's a little late to call it way too early now. It's spring practices, spring camps and everything are going on right now. But um, what I did essentially was I found the top, I found 13 polls that were doing way too early top 25s. I put them in order, every team, 1 through 25, and then I awarded points based on 25 points for first, 24 for second, 23 for third, all the way down to one point for 25th. Added all the points up, um, got the top 25 here, and then I also put on the side the highest ranked that that team was at any poll and the lowest ranked that that team was at any pool poll. Wow, cannot speak English today. Um, anyways, so... Essentially, what I'm going to tell you is maybe I'll tell you like one or two teams and talk about them and then um, a group of teams and kind of tell you what I think about those teams. But I'll tell you the team. Um, I'll tell you if, if they're close, how many points they were separated by and then who had the highest and lowest rankings in that group. But at the top, I kind of have like the top 10 separated with a little list of what they did in the recruiting and transfer portal. Um, so kind of talk a little more about the top 10. So I guess we can start at the bottom. We'll do that. We'll go from 20th to 25th. We had number 20 across, like I said, 13 polls. This is some of them I wrote down. We had ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, Athlon Sports, 24-7 Sports, places like this that I took all these from. So anyways, 20th place in these polls, North Carolina with 64 points. They were ranked at the highest 16th. Some polls, they were not even ranked. Drake Mays coming back. But his offensive coordinator left to go to Wisconsin with Luke Fickle. Uh, the defense is still having the same coordinator. It's just going to be interesting to see if the system stays the same on offense. We know what Drake May can produce. This team will be a fringe top 25 team all season if he can continue the production. And if the defense gets better, they might even be closer or in the top 10. Which is funny. Sorry for the pause. But funny that the defensive coordinator, Gene Chizik, said they wanted to have one of the best defenses in the country and North Carolina, and you see what it was like last year. Anyways, on to a team with a defense. Number 21, Texas Tech. They were 31 points behind North Carolina. North Carolina at 64, Texas Tech 35. Highest they were ranked, though, was 14th. They were also unranked in a lot of the polls. Um, can't be, uh, gonna be honest, don't know the most about Texas Tech. I know playing in Lubbock is a death sentence, essentially. Um, wouldn't wish that on the worst of my enemies. Um, yeah, they upset Texas there. They pushed Houston there. Yeah, it seems like they're lethal at home. Maybe not the best outside of Lubbock, though. I uh, feel like they've got a new quarterback coming in, or they're set on the quarterback that they have that's going to play. Again, don't know the most about them, but as long as they can get consistent offensive play, I know the defense is going to be enough to hold them in most games. Number 22, Ole Miss, 34 points, just one behind Texas Tech. Highest they were ranked, though, was 20th. They were unranked in a lot of polls as well. The key for Ole Miss is going to be what quarterback starts and what they can uh, do consistently. You know the defense is going to be all right, even though it kind of collapsed down the stretch last season. But we bring in Spencer Sanders and um, Walker Howard in the transfer portal with Jackson Dart already being the starting quarterback. Cannot imagine that 
Spencer Sanders tra- transfers in, excuse me, from Oklahoma State, not being guaranteed the starting spot over Jackson Dart unless something crazy were to happen in spring ball over the summer or in the fall. Um, yeah, the, that quarterback battle will be one that is worth monitoring as to how Ole Miss's season is going to go. Number 23, UCLA. They were two points behind, 32 points. Uh, 17th was the highest. They were ranked, unranked. Again, in a lot of polls, you'll see that down further in the list. Um, some teams not being ranked at all. But anyways, they have Dante Moore coming in to play quarterback or Colin Schley or Chase Garbers. No idea what Chase, or Chip Kelly's. I was going to say Chase Kelly. That wouldn't be right. Chip Kelly. <laughs> Got to find out what Chip Kelly wants to do at quarterback. Uh, Dante Moore seems to be skillsy and toolsy. Maybe just needs to learn the offense. Whereas Garbers has been there. And Colin Schley is the experienced, consistent starter. Another quarterback battle is going to be worth watching. will be at UCLA. But the rest of the team, you know what you're going to get. Strong offense. Not the best defense, kind of like an ex- a less extreme version of USC, the crosstown rivals. Number 24, Iowa. Where do we even start with Iowa? They were highest ranked, 13th, lowest unranked. Um, Iowa, they bring in Cade McNamara to play quarterback. Eric All, from both from Michigan, to play tight end, though, Eric All. Um, if that offense can actually score points, then... Man, <laughs> this team could be lethal if the defense plays as well as it did last season. Um, yeah, I don't think Cade McNamara is a superstar quarterback, but he's at least competent, something that Iowa didn't seem to have last season. Um, we also have the Brian Ferentz situation at offensive coordinator where the contract can be terminated after next year if they don't score at least 25 points per game, which is, man, I could rant all day about this, but I'll try to make it short. So dumb. Um, basically, Iowa's style of play is field position. They want to pin you back in as far down the field for them as they can. They want to give you the least amount of space to work with, force a turnover, get the ball in a short field, and that's where they operate. They're not the kind of team to go out and score 35, 42 points every game. They just want to score enough to win. They'll take 10 nothing wins, 10-7 wins, so heck, they take a 3 nothing win. Did we learn from their opening? I don't even remember who they played last opening season. South Dakota State, North Dakota. No, it would have been South Dakota State, right? Or maybe just North Dakota. It wasn't North Dakota State. I would have remembered that. But they scored 7 points to win 7-3. And it wasn't even a touchdown. It was two safeties and a field goal. They don't care how they win. And then also, then you're putting them in the situation where if they're up, then offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, he's going to start wanting to score points to save his job. And the kids are going to make mistakes, and they're going to look bad when they're trying to force stuff. So I just think that's dumb. If he sucks, he sucks. End of story. But I know Kirk Ferentz isn't going to fire his own son, so they had to do something. I just think there's a better way to go about it than putting this in a contract and making it public. But anyways, before I rant all day about that, let's go to number 25, Oklahoma. 29 total points from the polls. They were one point behind Iowa. Highest they were ranked was 20th, also unranked in a lot of polls. Um, Very interesting to see how it goes. Dylan Gabriel is returning. Uh, Brent Venable is starting to get some of the kids in that he wants on that defense, which means they can only get better from last season. I want to say they were, what, 2-4 and in one possession games last season or 0-6, somewhere in that window. 
if they just flip half of the games, they're going, you know, four and two in those games, you're already talking eight wins. All, all they got to do is uh, either be more consistent on defense or better on offense, which bringing back the quarterback will help the offense. So see how that goes. But um, if Oklahoma can just change the one score games around, they'll be a lot better next season. All right, so we went 20 and 25. Let's go 19 to lane. They were 17 points ahead of North Carolina. They were highest ranked 12th. Worst ranked was completely unranked at all. Um, again, don't know the most about Tulane because they kind of came on at the end of the season. Um, they lost Tajay Spears. It's not Tajay. Tajay Spears, the running back to the NFL draft. Um, Michael Pratt, I feel like is his name, the quarterback that's coming back um, after he was rumored to be going to Florida. Some NIL deal. LOL at that with Jane Rashada also falling through. But don't know the most about Tulane. I know they're bringing back the head coach, but they lose the defensive coordinator. Um, should be an interesting season. They should win the AAC again with teams like Houston, UCF, and others leaving to go to the Big 12. Kansas State came in at 18th with 105 points in the polls. 24 points ahead of Tulane behind the highest. Kansas State was ranked was 13th. The lowest was 21st, so they're kind of in that medium. I feel like they, if they had a stud quarterback... Um, they'd probably be higher on this list. They do everything well, but nothing spectacular, if that makes sense. They're they're placed right about where I would say that they deserve to be for, you know, right now, until we see something in the fall. Number 17, another Big 12 team, it's Texas, with 111.6 points ahead of Kansas State. Highest they were ranked was 14th, lowest was unranked. Texas will be another interesting quarterback battle. Could talk about this one all day again. Um, but yeah, we have Arch Manning, the number one recruit coming in to battle with Quinn Ewers, the number one recruit from his class for the starting spot. Um, the thought process of most pundits, analysts, whatever you want to call them, is that, uh, Arch Manning will be the backup, if not redshirted completely for his first season in Austin. But I could also see a situation where he just outclasses Ewers, but then Ewers can't transfer out. And I feel like Ewers is going to leave after this year for the NFL draft anyways. So Arch will probably be content with just being the backup guy. And also look at Ewers' injury history. Just last season, broke his collarbone right in the Alabama game and then had a terrible game against Oklahoma that apparently he smashed his finger in a door pre-game, before the game, if I could speak. Um, that maybe his fingernail was a little off and he was throwing balls all over the place. So if he has one bad health thing and Arch Manning sitting there, they're probably more likely to say, hey, Quinn, sit out this one. Arch has got it. No worries. So be interesting there. Number 16, Oregon State, five points ahead of Texas. Highest ranked 13th, the lowest was 20th. Everyone from here on out was ranked in every poll. Just a heads up. Uh, Oregon State bringing in DJU to a solid team. Um not even going to act like I know the coach's name, but <laughs> he knows how to get the most out of every player. Heck, he annihilated Florida in their bowl game last season on the way to, what, 10-3 and three season, I think they ended after the bowl game, 9-4. and four. I think it was 10-3 and three after the bowl game win. Anyways, they're solid all around. Adding a quarterback that is relatively athletic and can run and can throw, that's going to be a very good step up for Oregon State next season as long as DJU continues his progression. 
I know I hated on him a lot last season, but it was mostly Clemson I was hating on, if I'm being honest. I think he'll do better at Oregon State. And then we clear up to number 15, 22 points of polling data ahead of Oregon State is Utah. They were ranked as high as 9th, as low as 22nd. Um, gosh, I just blanked on his name, the quarterback. Uh, <laughs> wow, I'm not even going to try to act like I remember it. I watched the Rose Bowl and saw him get smoked. Like Cam Rising, boom, there we go. Cam Rising coming back, but Dalton Kincaid's gone, going to the NFL draft. Um, the cornerback also just forgot his name, and there's no way I'm going to remember that one. Um, five foot nine. I know the scouts are hating on him because he's short and he's not that quick either. Can't remember his name for the life of me, but it's besides the point, he's gone. Um, anyways, two or three of the biggest names from the team last season aren't coming back. I think they'll have the physicality and the chemistry to still take on the top of the conference. But when I get up to the top of this list and you see more of the Pac-12 names, I, I think Utah is going to take a step back next season from where they were this past season. And then jumping massively up, 43 points ahead. Number 14 is TCU. The highest they were ranked was 6th, lowest 17th. Max Duggan is gone. Um... Yeah, I <laughs> I haven't a lot of blank thoughts here because I'm just like rapid fire going through some of these teams until I get to the top 10 where I actually have notes on who's there and who's not anymore. But Max Duggan is gone. Um, Quentin Johnston is gone, both to the NFL draft. They're not coming back, so two of the biggest pieces from the team that went to the national championship game last year, both out of the roster next year. I think they still have the talent to be competitive in the Big 12, especially if they're getting pitted against some of the teams that are new to the conference, like a UCF or Cincinnati. haven't looked, so I don't know. But if they get pitted with some of those, they'll still definitely stay relative, rele relevant in the conference. But I don't see them challenging for the national championship yet again. Number 13, Tennessee. They came in just two points ahead of TCU, highest rank of 5th, lowest of 18th. Um, excuse me, Tennessee has five-star quarterback Nico, I'm going to mess his last name up, Iamaliev, Iamaliev, something like that, I can't say it right, every time I think I've got it right, I hear someone else say it differently, but he's coming in, they have Joe Milton that can throw a ball 60 yards from his knees, playing quarterback, he's just got to be accurate, uh, Nico is skinny, but he's an athletic freak, so he could definitely be a run-and-gun kind of quarterback, whereas Milton's probably more pocket passer, that's built like a brick wall and can just power through people if he needs to take off. If the defense can stay consistent and the offense can stay consistent, I know I'm asking for a lot here, losing Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman and replacing him with Brew McCoy and Squirrel White, but I still think Tennessee will be a contender in the SEC, although I don't think they have the guns to win the entire conference outright. Uh, number 12, Oregon, just five points ahead of Tennessee. They were ranked as high as 8th and as low as 17th. Dan Lanning's back. Uh, they're bringing in a really good recruiting class. He's got uh, DJU's brother, Mateo, is coming in as an edge rusher. Young Concrete is his nickname. You know he's going to be good off the edge if his nickname is Young Concrete. Um, but yeah, other kids coming in. Um, like I said, it was a top 10 recruiting class last year for Dan Lanning after his first season where he won, what, nine, 10 games in the regular season. Um, he's he's going to get the most out of what he's got. And as he starts getting more of his style of player into the team, they're just going to get better. So again, maybe the Oregon's going to be one of the 
three or four teams to compete for the Pac-12 title next season. Number 11, we got Notre Dame, two points ahead of Oregon, highest rank of 7th, lowest of 14th. Marcus Freeman, he's got a quarterback now, so there's no excuse on that. Sam Hartman coming in from Wake Forest, uh, as long as the receivers are at least halfway decent compared to last year. Um, team's going to take a step up. They're losing Michael Mayer, so they're going to need some receiving threats, but you know Marcus Freeman, like I said, the defense is going to be good with him coaching it. So let's see what Notre Dame does. Um, yeah, that's all I really got on Notre Dame. Again, some of these teams I'll know more and can say more than others. But now we move into the top 10. We have Washington at 10th. They're 30 points ahead of Notre Dame in these the poll system I set up here. Highest rank was 5th for the Huskies. Lowest was 11th. So let's scroll down and see what we got to say. They were 26th in terms of the transfer and recruiting class. Number 27 recruiting class overall by itself without transfers. Dylan Johnson, uh, these are the transfers now, sorry. Dylan Johnson, running back out of Mississippi State. Dylan Nagata, running back from Arizona State. Jabbar Muhammad, cornerback from Oklahoma State. Raylan Goforth, linebacker from USC, so you know he's not going to be able to tackle. Jeremy Bernard, Jeremy Bernard, wide receiver from Michigan State. Zach Durfee, edge from Sioux Falls College. And Josh Cuevas, tight end out of Cal Poly, are the transfer class. So, hey. Michael Penix is coming back. He's likely going to be in the Heisman conversation because of how he played last season and how that could be more notable with the defense mostly staying intact and getting most of the transfers put on that side of the ball, at least the ones of note. Um, the team's going to be better than last year, so Michael Penix will be in the spotlight more as long as the team can win 9-11 to 11 games somewhere in there. He'll likely be headed to New York unless someone comes out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, Washington will be a team to watch but not much more I know about him. Number nine, we have Clemson, just one point ahead of Washington. Highest ranked was eighth, lowest was 15th, mostly up towards the eight. <laughs> I'll tell you that, though. So at number nine, we had Clemson. They had the number 14 transfer and recruiting class combined. Uh, number 15 strictly recruiting with only Paul Tyson, the quarterback out of Arizona State, in the transfer class. For the coach, though, Dabo Swinney, who doesn't believe in the transfer portal. Not shocking. The biggest question here is, will Garrett Riley bring this team back up to the top of the heap with his new offense? He took TCU's offense to the national championship game last season, so what can he do with a vast amount of improvement in terms of quality of player here in Clemson? I forgot to tell you I had a biggest question for every team, and I skipped over Washington, so I'm going to go back to that really quick. The biggest question for the Washington Huskies is, can they put the full season together this year? Like I said, Michael Penix is returning. The defense turned it on late in the year. They're mostly returning. So can they do it for the full 12 games to be competitive all year long? Number eight, LSU 235 in terms of points from the polls. Highest of third ranking, lowest of 18th. They're definitely the biggest boom bust team that I found in these polls. Some people think Brian Kelly did this in his first season. Next season, he's going to be incredible. And other people think, eh, maybe. So they had the sixth ranked recruiting class number, or sorry, sixth ranked transfer and recruiting class number five strictly recruiting class with Mason Lunsford, offensive tackle, Maryland, Omar Spates, linebacker, Oregon State, Ovi Aghufu, messed that up for sure, edge out of Texas, J.K. Johnson, cornerback, Ohio State, Deuce Chestnut, 
cornerback out of Syracuse, Zai Alexander, cornerback out of Southeastern Louisiana, Jordan Jefferson, defensive lineman from West Virginia, Denver Harris, cornerback out of Texas A&M, Jalen Lee, defensive line out of Florida, Paris Shand, defensive lineman from Arizona, Braden Swinson, edge from Oregon, and Aaron, Aaron Anderson, wide receiver out of Alabama to make up the transfer class. Holy cow, I hope that's the longest list I have to read. It's not. I'm looking at USC right now. Oops. The biggest question is, was last year a fluke in Brian Kelly's first year in Baton Rouge, or will he continue to build on that success and create a new dynasty? That's obviously going to be the key question, because if he can build on what last season happened, going to the SEC championship game, beating Alabama, maybe not challenging Georgia, but keeping it within 20 points in a game that no one thought they had a chance. If they can improve on that, then LSU will be seriously in contention for a college football playoff spot. But I I just, the teams that are ahead of them, I believe in a little more. We'll start with this one, seven, USC, 239 total points in these polls. Fourth was the highest ranking. 15th was the lowest. Now I have to read this ridiculously long transfer list. Uh, they're number nine in terms of transfers and recruits, number eight in terms of just recruiting. Ethan White out of Florida on the offensive line. Anthony Lucas, who was a five-star recruit at Texas A&M on the defensive line. Jarrett Kingston, offensive lineman from Washington State. Jack Sullivan, defensive line from Purdue. Marshawn Lloyd, running back out of South Carolina. Michael Tarkin, Michael Tarkin. Offensive tackle from Florida, Mason Cobb, linebacker from Oklahoma State, was one of their better tacklers last season, something that USC needs. Dorian Singer, the leading Pac-12 um, receiver last season in terms of yards from Arizona. Christian Roland Wallace, cornerback out of Arizona. Keon Kion, don't know how to say that one, bars, defensive lineman from Arizona. And Jamil Muhammad, linebacker from Georgia State, will make up that transfer class. All of the rest of them, I promise you, are shorter than the last two have been. The biggest question is, and will always be with Lincoln Riley's teams, can the defense keep up with the offense? We know Caleb Williams and that offense are going to put up points, but can the other side of the ball keep the opponent off the scoreboard? Like I said, the defensive lineman, Anthony Lucas, the linebacker, Mason Cobb. The defense has a couple better tacklers. The offense got better at wide receiver, adding more, you know, like, Going from Jordan Addison to Dorian Singer doesn't sound crazy, but Dorian Singer led the whole conference in receiving yards last season at Arizona. What do you think they're going to do at USC? Pass more than them. So, team should be just as good, if not better, than last season. Then we go to number six, Florida State. One point ahead of USC. Highest rank of fourth, lowest was 14th. Let me scroll back down here. Florida State, number 16 in recruiting, number 16 overall in transfer plus recruits. They probably have the next longest list of anybody that I have left to talk about. Excuse me. Bill Burr Edmond, edge out of South Carolina. Keandre Jones, offensive lineman from Auburn. Fentro Cypress, I know that name because he's good. Cornerback out of Virginia. Brandon Fisk, defensive lineman from Western Michigan. Jeremiah Byers, offensive tackle from UTEP. Casey Roddick. Offensive lineman from Colorado, Kyle Morlock, tight end out of Shorter Hawks College. Jaheen Bell, tight end out of South Carolina. Huge get there. And Daryl Jackson, defensive lineman out of Miami, make up the transfer class for Mike Norvell and the Seminoles. The biggest question is, will this team live up to the hype? I mean, like, everybody's talking about this team. Going to be great next season. So can they live up to it? They got reinforcements coming to every area of the team. And Jordan Travis at quarterback is still there. 
So how does this team fit together in gel? Because if they have chemistry right off the bat and they fit together and they gel, this team will likely make the college football playoff because they play in the ACC. Their toughest challenge is going to be Clemson on paper. I mean, this team could easily run the table. Um, I know Clemson's going to be better with Garrett Riley calling the offense, but <laughs> if all of this fits together well for Florida State, they're likely going to be in the top of the conference in every category. Number five, Penn State. 258 total points. They're in the middle land of being 18 points ahead of Florida State, but also 27 points behind the fourth place team. Highest rank Penn State had was number four, and the lowest was number eight. I'm really high on Penn State. I've got them winning the Big Ten next year. Spoiling the future podcast. Um, <laughs> they're number 15 in terms of recruiting and transfer class. Number 14, straight recruiting. Their transfers are Malik McCain. Mc, oh my gosh, I'm going to restart. Their transfers are Malik McLean, wide receiver from Florida State, Dante Cephas, huge get from Kent State at wide receiver, and Storm Duck, the cornerback from North Carolina. Um, those were the, the transfers that they had. Biggest question here is can Drew Alar propel, or Drew Aller, Drew Alar? I don't know how to say it. Everyone says that name different too, and it shouldn't be that hard. But can he propel this team to new heights in a way that Sean Clifford couldn't? Most perfect way that I can think to describe Sean Clifford is how Chip Patterson said it on the Cover 3 podcast. He'll win you a lot of games, and he'll lose you a lot of games. And sometimes he might win you and lose you the same game. So if Drew Aller can just be consistent throughout a game, and you know what you're getting week to week, and Penn State knows what to expect from the quarterback week after week, I think this team is destined to knock off one of not two of the Giants in the Big Ten East in the form of Michigan or Ohio State. They might even be both of them with the way that they played at the end of last season. They were close to winning the Ohio State matchup until JT Tuimoloahu, if I said that name right, exploded on defense. Um, yeah, I mean, Michigan as well. I feel like they were within a quarter of winning that game. They are close. Not like they got blown out by either team. Watch out for Penn State this season. That's all I'm saying. If Drew Aller lives up to the hype and expectation that only Penn State has given him, I think that this team will be fantastic next year. And now we get into the top four that I think everybody has set in the preseason. Number four is Alabama. 285 points, only four points behind. Third place, highest rank of second, lowest rank of seventh. Well, Alabama's first in terms of recruiting and number one in terms of recruiting plus transfers. They get Tresman Marshall, linebacker from Georgia, and C.J. Dipper, the tight end out of Maryland, as the only two transfers listed. The biggest question for the team has to be who plays quarterback and what kind of weapons does he have to throw to. Apparently, they have a junior college transfer out of wide receiver who is the goods. I forgot his name. Cedric Benson, I feel like is his name. Malik Benson. His last name's Benson. I'm sorry that I don't know his name off the top of my head. I didn't write it. But uh, he's supposed to be the goods. And then the quarterback, it's either going to be Ty Simpson, who likes to pass and not really run. And you got Jalen Milrow, who filled in last season when Bryce Young was injured, who likes to run but not throw. So it all comes down to who shows up better in spring ball and in summer camp and Excuse me, who Tommy Reese, the new offensive coordinator from Notre Dame, thinks that he can mold best into his system that's going to play there. But with the talent that they have coming in and the talent that they have on the roster staying in school, Alabama's still going to be a threat. Maybe not 
the 12-0 guaranteed running through the gauntlet kind of team. They're still going to be good, though. Number three, Ohio State, four points ahead of Alabama. Highest rank is second, lowest rank of seventh. Ohio State, number seven in terms of transfer and recruiting classes, number four just in recruiting. For transfers, they have Jahad Carter, safety from Syracuse, Davis Davison Igbin Osen. That is a really wow name. Cornerback from Ole Miss, Victor Cutler, offensive tackle from Louisiana Monroe, and Tristan Gebbia, quarterback out of Oregon State, coming into the program. The biggest question would be, can Jim Knowles improve the defense in year two like he was brought in to do? Or, you know, that pales in comparison to the main question of who's playing quarterback. But uh, I feel like everybody's kind of assumed it's Kyle McCord, so we'll just go with Kyle McCord. But can the defense play better than it did last season? Stop Michigan when they play each other, which, by the way, is at the big house this year, not in Columbus again. Can they stop Michigan from scoring? Because Michigan's shown the, uh, what do we want to call it, Um, the ability to stop Ohio State from scoring. And now that you have a lesser quarterback, and not that the wide receivers are going to be terrible at Ohio State, but you're not having uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba or the threat of him at all next season. He's gone, gone. Not just injured, but gone. So Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have a lot on his shoulders. The new uh, recruit, recruiting class I just broke right there I'm sorry are gonna have to live up to the hype almost instantly on the offensive side of the ball to pick up where they were so that will be what I'm watching from Ohio State then we get to the top two Michigan takes second the highest they were was second the lowest was third I think everyone agrees with the talent coming back to Michigan they should be contenders at least in the Big Ten if not for the national title yet again they had the number 17 transfer plus recruiting class Number 19 straight recruiting. And then there were their transfers. Sorry. AJ Barner, tight end from Indiana. Jack Tuttle, quarterback from Indiana. Drake Nugent, offensive lineman from Stanford. Josiah Stewart, edge from Coastal Carolina. Miles Hinton, offensive tackle from Stanford. Ernest Hausman, linebacker from Nebraska. And Ladarius Henderson, the offensive lineman from Arizona State. The transfers coming into Ann Arbor. The biggest question is, how will this team react to the disappointing loss at the end of last season to TCU in the playoff semifinal? I mean, most of the players from that team are returning, so are they going to return overconfident, thinking, we got this, we just got to get through the season and we're going to be in the playoff? Or do they come back motivated to ensure that they make the next step and play in the national championship game? That will determine Michigan's season, because they've shown they have the talent, They have the recruiting class, the ability to get transfers, where they can compete with the best in the country. They just need to go out and prove it. Number one, unsurprisingly, number one in every single uh, single poll. It went 325 out of 325 points. Highest rank, number one. Lowest rank was number one. Georgia Bulldogs, the defending champions. Georgia has the second-ranked transfer plus recruiting class and the second-ranked outright recruiting class. They got smoke buoy. Cornerback out of Texas A&M, Ra-Ra Thomas, the leading SEC receiver from Mississippi State, and Dominic Lovett, or sorry, he's the leading wide receiver from the SEC last season, the wide receiver from Missouri. Ra-Ra Thomas was just the leader at Mississippi State. But those are the three transfers they got coming in. So the offensive weapons are going to get better, and they're adding a spot to replace Keely Ringo at cornerback with Smoke Bowie. 
The biggest question is, can Kirby Smart keep up that defensive production, and how will the offense look without Todd Munkin and Stetson Bennett? Todd Munkin going to the Baltimore Ravens to be the offensive coordinator. Stetson Bennett going to the NFL Draft. Jalen Carter going to the NFL Draft. Keely Ringo going to the NFL Draft. I mean, you could list half of Georgia's starters from last season are going to the NFL Draft. But can Kirby Smart keep that up? Can the quarterback play just be enough to get get them through the season unscathed? Because they got Brock Vandegrift. Uh, Gunner Stockton, they got Cam, what's his name, Cameron Beck? The guy that came in all the time from Setson Bennett. I just know his name's Beck, last name. Anyways, aside the point, they have three options at quarterback that have been there and know the system, Beck being the only one. Carson Beck, right? Don't know why that just came to me. But, uh... <laughs> So all those quarterbacks know the system. They've been there. They know it. It's just finding who is best for um, the new offensive coordinator, Bobo. Don't know his name off the time. I had to just think of Jake Bobo, who is from UCLA, the tight end. But anyways, side the point again. Georgia has the talent. They just have to get it sorted, figure out the best starters, get it on the field, get through the season. They're going to make the college football playoff. Even if they stumble, they have the talent to just go out and blow the doors off at anybody else who's asking and make their case for still being involved in the four-team invitational that is the college football playoff. They're going to find a way, no doubt in my mind. But hopefully you enjoyed this. A little long-winded, but I just wanted to get this out. It's been sitting in my notes since January, uh, <laughs> so it's nice to finally record it and get it out of here. Um, hopefully you enjoyed and, um, yeah, won't probably be talking about college football again until fall stuff and spring camps and news comes out of there. But, um, yeah, anyways, thanks for listening. That's all I got for you. Bye-bye.